your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Matt Stinson, who's in for Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire on Chuck Hines. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. If you want to uh, pick anybody's brain this morning, you certainly can. Uh, some good uh, honors already for the Red Raiders on the baseball side. We're not even a weekend. We're a weekend in. And already uh, Brendan Gurton named Big 12 Pitcher of the Week. And Kevin Bazell recognized as the Big 12 Newcomer of the Week. Those uh, announcements made yesterday. Uh, Girton in uh, the Friday season opener went six innings, one hit in relief. Uh, and so he was uh, really good, in which he held the Bulldogs of Gonzaga one of 18 and struck out six. He got the win. It's his first Pitcher of the Week honor. Uh, meanwhile, for Kevin Bazell, he hit... 417 in the first three games of this uh, Red Raider sweep that eventually took place as of yesterday. So goes uh, two for five in the first game and then had a two RBI effort on Saturday. And then Sunday had a double and a home run as uh, he's the Big 12 uh, Newcomer of the Week. That's a good week. Yeah, not a bad week at all. Uh, so um, as far as uh, Bazella yesterday... He got to uh, got on base uh, four times, had three walks, plus an intentional walk that was issued in the ninth inning. So the Red Raiders go on to uh, win it yesterday um, in the walk-off fashion. Walk-off walk, uh, winning uh, by a score of 9-8 to eight over uh, Gonzaga. We'll have high school hoops for you on the air tonight. The Friendship Boys take on the uh, El Paso Americas Boys. That'll be at 4 o'clock. That'll be on Sunny 97.7. And then the Friendship Girls will take on Keller. That'll be at 7.30. And again, that will be on Sunny 97.7 tonight. The Lubbock Cooper Girls will face Tascosa tonight. And that'll be at 8 on 100.7 the score. So our microphones are everywhere uh, today and uh, tonight. And then, uh, of course, uh, the Oklahoma game Tonight featuring uh, the Red Raiders and the Sooners of Oklahoma. So uh, I look forward to uh, look forward to that uh, this evening as uh, Tech will be uh, looking for uh, their fourth win in a row in Big 12 play. We'll get uh, some thoughts uh, from Mark Adams this morning on, uh, on Double T 97.3 and hear from him. I would say that uh, his seat's gotten a little cooler, Matt. Yeah, the talks have have gone away for for right now, and I and you know, there was never a question of how hard the team was working and how hard <coughs> Coach Adams was working. It was just you know finding the finding the the right puzzle pieces to fit and and get us into the winning category. So um, yeah, so you know, you kind of I, I kind of feel like that. Uh, a lot of credit to those guys for you know basically picking themselves up off the deck and uh, putting themselves in this position where they have a shot to get to uh, the NCAA tournament. Uh, Davion Harmon, as somebody points out, and of course uh, he was named um, 
to uh, the Big 12 Player of the Week honors. He had uh, 25 uh, in the win over Texas and then had 13 and three assists and a couple of steals in the win at uh, West Virginia. He's now in double figures, nine straight games, averaging almost a little over 19 a game in the last five. And so he is the first to get uh, Big 12 honors this week, uh, this season, I should say. Um, For the season, he's now averaging almost 14 a game, 13.7, three and a half steals, three and a half assists, and 1.7 steals per ball game. He comes into the week with 1,299 career points. So he has, uh, you would think, a really, really good shot at getting to 1,300 tonight. So that uh, that'll be cool for him. So good, good for him, and uh, good for his uh, turnaround as well over the last uh, five games for uh, for this Red Raider basketball team. Uh, as far as um, as far as the baseball from yesterday, God, you know, just uh, just the the wind and the the effort that it took. I was driving by um, the stadium. I, I was on the Marsha Sharp, but man, I could see. What was going on over there? Just the top of the stadium. It was just blowing so hard. Um, so if you were uh, if you were out there yesterday and have a thought as to uh, the conditions, but man, it was it was really really crazy in terms of how uh, wind blown it seemed to be at uh, at times. Five lead changes. Tech got behind three different times. Uh, of course, they had the bases loaded. Walk um, had the twenty players. Um, that uh, that contributed from the roster. Coach Tim Tadlock, uh, after the game, saying, says a lot about their preparation, says a lot about their their character. Obviously says they're competing. They know they're going to get an opportunity, and they're, they were ready when their name was called to come off the bench. Two really big at-bats to me So um, in the ballgame. So that's, uh, that's cool uh, when, you're, when you're able to call on your team uh, like that. Tech not back in action until Friday when they take on Western Illinois. So your golf game yesterday, did it go well? It went good. You, you did the conditions, it probably wasn't the, the most ideal day to go out there, but, you know, when it, when it comes to golf, you got to Any take miracle it. shots? No, no. You know, when, when you're an average golfer, I would say I'm probably more below average. You know, the, the weather really didn't play too big of a factor. I, I shot what I typically shoot. Um, but it was, it was fun. It was a good... It's a good time. The uh, the Red Raiders now, according to uh, Joe Lenardi, have put themselves in the next four out. Uh, that's uh, after the win over West Virginia and with four games remaining. They still, uh, they still have a lot of work to do, obviously, but you've kind of put themselves in a, in a much better spot where at least – at least they're in this uh, in this conversation. Uh, their final four games feature Oklahoma tonight, then number twenty four TCU here in Lubbock on uh, on Saturday morning. That'll be an eleven a.m. tip. Then they take on third ranked Kansas and then finish up with Oklahoma State. They, the article that I'm reading says surging Oklahoma State. They didn't surge so much uh, last year or last night as uh, they got smoked in uh, in Morgantown. What do you think about these games where, okay, so, you know, like for Tech, they just played at home. Uh, they, excuse me, they just played on the road at West Virginia. They get home, reasonable hour on Saturday, but then have to turn right back around and go on Monday uh, to Norman. It's, it's, it is what it is. I mean, this is, this is all about the television. It's all about the money. Uh, 
It's all about having the big matchups, whether it's on Big Money Monday or Super Tuesday or what have you. But but gone really on the men's side of the traditional Saturday, Wednesday. So you don't really get your rest like you normally would or have had in in some years. Yeah, and I, you know, I think there's you, you always talk about control what you can control, and that's that's something that you know I know Coach Adams will will, will have have the team ready and and. That's out of their control, you know. So I, I'm not a fan of it. I think it makes for quick turnarounds, but hopefully the the, the men's basketball team will, will will come out and hungry, and I think they will. And you know, when you looked at that last game with West Virginia, you know, Jalen Tyson, if we can, if 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 that production is there as it was, you know, this this game against West Virginia, I think that the the men's basketball team will be sitting okay. I mean, going 11 of 15. 27 to end the night. What what a great night for him. Yeah, Tyson was huge on Saturday against uh, West Virginia, and you'd certainly love to see uh, more of that uh, tonight uh, when they take on uh, the Oklahoma Sooners. 624 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double-t-973.com or the mobile app, Benchmark Hotline. Uh, we get this. I'm not letting them do it. I won't be sucked back in by men's basketball. Jeff, are you sucked back in? Nope. What would it take for you to get sucked back in? Win the Big 12 tournament. So you're not even going to say, not even if you win tonight, Saturday, against Kansas, or against Oklahoma State, if you win your last four, you're still not sucked I'm in? I'm not crazy enough, and I'm nuts. Let's make this clear. <coughs> I'm crazy. I'm not crazy enough to think you're winning in Lawrence. I don't care what happened. Kansas yep. could not field a team. I'm not sure I would pick the, against them at this point in the Big 12. So let's get the pipe dream out of the way. I'm not sure this team goes three and one. They make the tournament. I'm the only one saying that. I'm the I'm the jack wagon that's saying that, and that's fine. And I I'll wear that. But I'm not getting. I'm with a texture. I'm not getting sucked back in. Go win the Big 12 tournament. Guarantee your spot. Don't keep it in the hands of the committee when you've got nothing to show for it in the non-conference and the first 10 games of the Big 12 turn, uh, regular season. Sometimes that's how you're doing at the end, though. And sometimes you need to win basketball games before the middle of the year. No no, no, no doubt. No doubt. Well, I'm, I'm sucked back in. No. I'm sucked back in. Shocking. I'm sucked back in. I'm with Chuck. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey, good morning. 6.30 and some change this morning. Matt Stinson is in for Jamie Lynn. I'm Chuck Hines. Jeff McGuire is here as well. We'll have uh, End of the Bench this morning at 9, bottom line at noon, Tech Talk this afternoon at 3. I saw this article over the weekend, and I thought, well, how rich of you to say this, Chris Del Conte. Uh, he was on with um, Paul Feinbaum, who I, I enjoy Feinbaum. I think he's a bit of a blowhard, but... You know, I mean, that's uh, sometimes a little bit of the pot calling the kettle black. You're telling me a guy whose professional career is made by getting people upset in the SEC, calling in a show and yelling at him is a blowhard? Yeah. No. No, right? Right. No way. So here, here's here's what uh, Del Conte said. And they were talking about Texas and they're going to the SEC, et cetera, et cetera. He said... Think about Auburn not playing Alabama for 40 years or something for a stretch. I could never imagine that. I think what makes college sports so great is those rivalries, those deep-rooted family rivalries that last a lifetime. 
You cherish them. Your mom and dad took you to the game. Their parents, your grandparents took them. When you can see the rivalries between schools and what it means, those rivalries are so important. To not play Texas A&M for all these years, it's just sad and ludicrous. I feel bad for our fans, and I feel bad for the state of Texas. Hey, moron, look in the mirror. You're the one that caused all this mess. Your school. Ann's had a pretty good hand in this as well. No, they, no doubt. They, le- they left the Big 12 to go to the SEC <coughs> and then didn't want to have anything to do with anybody in the state of Texas again. Well, but so, but but it all it all stems from the Longhorn Network and, and A&M getting tired of, of Texas saying, I'm Big Brother, you're not. Uh, I get to play with all the toys. I'll let you know when I'm done. Once they're broken, you can have them. Right. But A&M still left and then wanted nothing to do with anybody. Tech included in the state of Texas. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. I just think it's, I just think it's rich for him to say, I feel bad for our fans and I feel bad for the state of Texas. Well, he can feel bad for the state of Texas only once. He doesn't actually care that much, but that's okay. A&M had their part. No, no, Texas is not, I mean, they're not a hundred percent to blame. They're about 60% to blame. No, no question. And you can, you can go back to, the demise of the Southwest Conference with Arkansas leaving to go to the SEC and 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 that pretty much that pretty much starts it. But I I just read that comment and went, Matt, that's just a little rich for me. Yeah, I, rivalries are always big in college football. But if if it was purely about the rivalries, then teams wouldn't leave. But, well, no, but, it's about the money. It's yeah, about the right. eyeballs. It's, it's I mean, but but it's but it's 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 sad. And what they're going to do is they're going to kill the golden goose. I think at some point in time, people are going to go, "Hey, you know what? I just I don't know anything about Central Florida. I don't know. I don't really care about Cincinnati. I don't care how they make their chili. I don't care how they make their spaghetti. Um, BYU. They can go, you know, off and do their own thing all they want. I, I just think it's. I mean, and the, the the cart is way left the barn on this. The horse is out of the barn. The cart, you know, all this, all whatever analogy that you want to say, it's all it's all gone. I just think it's incredibly sad when you have all these longtime rivalries, whether it's Tech Texas, Tech A and M, Stanford and uh, USC, um, blah 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 blah. But for him to come out and say that, I just thought was, oh, I thought that was really rich. Um, because I just don't, I think I think his school and he are are part of it, and for him to go, oh my God, I just I just feel so sorry for the for our fans, and I feel so bad for the state of Texas, like he's the victim. You're not the victim, Chris. You're you're a cause of the problem. You're a cause of the problem. Uh, I don't know if you saw this yesterday or not. Red McCombs, a former owner of the Spurs, the Nuggets, and the Vikings, dead at ninety five. A uh, big car dealer or two uh, back in the day. Made a lot of money doing that. But, you know, one of the things that always stood out to me about Red McCombs was he, if there was ever going to be a team in the NFL in San Antonio, it was going to be because of him, and he couldn't get it done. One, the Oilers or the Texans and the Cowboys didn't want any more competition. But he was a guy that there was there were times when you thought, man, that uh, – that the Minnesota Vikings were going to move to um, to San Antonio. He was uh, part of the Vikings 
and owned the Vikings back in uh, 1998. He bought them for $246 million. <clears throat> He owned them until 2005 and then was frustrated by what he thought were efforts to get a new stadium because they played, you know, at the they played at the Met back in the day, and then they moved to the uh, the hump the Humpty Dumpty Dome, uh, the Hubert H Humphrey Dome. Um, couldn't get uh, couldn't get a deal done, and then finally sold for six hundred million dollars, um, but just could not uh, could not get a, a team where um, they would be in uh, in San Antonio. But anyway, at one point in time, he owned more than four hundred businesses. Um, Car dealerships, energy, oil, gas, etc. He was a a big uh, Texas uh, supporter as well. So, anyway, uh, Red McCombs uh, dead at uh, ninety five. Uh, King Craig says this: Just say it. The new Big Twelve will be a mediocre conference. I don't know about mediocre. I think it'll be a more competitive conference. Um, but I'm just sad that the traditional rivalries are are gone. You know, with ex- I mean. You got TCU, you've got Baylor, but heck, even this next year, I, I was really disappointed that you weren't going to play Oklahoma State in football. And just because you're not going to play them next year doesn't mean you're not ever going to play them. But I just kind of felt like they would be a staple um, on your schedule moving forward, and, and they're not going to be next year. Yeah, and with that, I'm probably in the minority <laughs> when, when it comes to that. I mean, I'm, I am I am sad that the rivalries are gone, that Texas and OU is, is going to the SEC. But I'm excited for for the newness. I, I, I'd be honest. I, I'm kind of excited to see some some new blood come into the Big Twelve, and you know, geographical wise, it spreads us out, which will will hopefully provide more fans and and gain some some more following for the Big Twelve. Yeah, and I guess the other thing though too though is that with the geographic spread out, it makes it more and more difficult to go to games. It's it's harder to go to games, and it's it's harder for the student athletes because those quick turnarounds are long trips. Yeah, I mean, for the football, it's not that big a deal. For the basketball, it's not as big a deal. It's not a big deal because both the men and the women are flying charters. They're in and out of these cities so fast you can't even – you you barely blink. Uh, but but the other ones, whether it's baseball or uh, track and field, um, you know, golf, et cetera, et cetera, it's, it's a little bit more uh, challenging um, to move around the country. Uh, like they are. I mean, and, and it's only going to get more. The footprint's only going to get more because, you know, the word is out now that, you know, the Big 12 wants to expand and, and should expand. It should go, should go west, should go get somebody out of the Pac-12. I'm sure they're working on that, whether it's Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon, Washington, um, somebody along those lines, uh, Utah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's going to happen, you know, probably sooner than not because the Pac-12 – and their media agreements, they're not getting the numbers that they want because the big guys just look at them and go, God, we just don't care anymore. Yep. You don't have UCLA. You don't have USC. You don't have some of these bigger schools that have big, huge, large numbers of following. I know that you've got Oregon and Washington out there, but does that really move the needle from a television standpoint anymore? And will, it, it just doesn't. Will Oregon be the, the next one if you had to maybe I think the, I think the probably dark. Oregon and Washington go together. Yeah, uh, I think probably those two uh, would would go together at, at at some point in time. Just just in terms of travel partners, et cetera, et cetera, uh, being cl- you know proximity, uh, somewhat proximity to each other. Um, it would make uh, 
it make uh, it makes complete sense to me. Yep. Uh, Six thirty nine. If you have an opinion on that, hit us up Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double t ninety seven for that. This day in sports history is next at six forty five. We'll hear some comments from Mark Adams on tonight's basketball game. Tech and OU from Norman and the Lloyd Noble Center. That'll be tonight. Our coverage at seven. Tip at eight. Here on Double T 97.3. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. We'll have uh, high school hoops for you today. Three uh, different uh, ball games involving uh, two schools. Uh, Friendship takes on uh, El Paso Americas. This is boys action today from Fort Stockton. That'll be a four o'clock tip time on Sunny 97.7. Uh, also on Sunny tonight, you'll have the Friendship Girls to take on Keller. Keller's 27-8, and eight, and Friendship is 28-6 and six from the campus of McMurray University there in uh, Abilene. Also tonight, the Lubbock Cooper Girls play Tascosa, and we'll have that uh, tonight at 8. Uh, that comes to us from Wayland Baptist. Cooper 27-6, and six, and Tascosa 26-5. and five. Uh, tonight in Littlefield, man, town of Littlefield is going to get expanded a little bit tonight. Uh, you'll have uh, 29 and 3 Monterey against uh, Amarillo High. This is Region 1 quarter final action. Uh, also uh, tonight, uh, this will be over at LCU if you want to see some girls action. Canyon and Seminole play. And then uh, tonight in Clyde, Estacado at 23 and 11 faces Stephenville. They're 31 and 4. Leveland and Glenrose tonight at Abilene High School. Leveland, uh, the Lobos are 32-3 and three on the season. So those among the games uh, tonight as far as that is concerned. Idaloo with an upset over Bushland last night as uh, they played at Canyon Randall and also last night at Canyon. Shallowwater, a winner over Childress last night. So there you go. There's a little bit of the the girls' uh, action and then the the Friendship Boys' action that's coming up later. Uh, Shelly is in Austin. She's looking at the UT Tower right now out of her hotel window. I'm not tipping my hat. I'm giving them a salute of a different kind. Okay. I'm uh, I'm good with that. You good with that, Matt? Yep. Yep. The uh, Red Raiders take on uh, Oklahoma tonight. Uh, we'll have uh, have the game for you at seven. Tip at eight. Here's uh, Coach Mark Adams. He uh, he talks about what you just talked about just a moment ago, uh, getting that first road win at West Virginia. And here's uh, Coach Mark Adams on getting that first road win. Yeah, I think that West Virginia might have been our biggest uh, game of the year because it, it gave us a, a road win. It is so difficult in, in the Big Twelve to win on the road. So there's a toughness. Uh, there's a, just a mentality that. Um, that you have to have, and then you have to be consistent. And I thought, you know, for the most part, for 40 minutes, we stayed fairly consistent. We didn't have any big droughts where we did, couldn't score and stop them, and and uh, that was a huge plus in that game against West Virginia. I hope we continue doing that. So Mark Adams. He also talks about Davion Harmon. Uh, Harmon played at Oklahoma uh, before transferring to Texas Tech, and here is Harmon playing OU after being there. Sure, he's, you know, uh, Davion's a big part of our offense and our defense. He's extremely quick, and 
uh, when we get the ball out to him in, in transition, he's exceptional and one of the fastest guards in the league. And, and, and he's been playing uh, playing really – he didn't have as good a game against West Virginia, but at that point he's, he's had some huge games. And he gets to go back to Oklahoma his, where he was there for a couple of years. So I know he has um, a little more incentive to beat those guys, and, and uh, so I know he'll be ready to play. Uh, he played at uh, Denton Ryan, and a couple of his teammates uh, played for TCU. So, obviously, that was a really, really uh, talented team. But uh, it's got to be, uh, I'm sure, motivating for him, Matt, going back to OU and you know take on a team where he used to play. Yeah, I, I, I think anytime you get to go back to where you're, you know, at one point or another in your life, you call somewhere home. There's a little extra, extra motivation to go out and and. and Evian Harmon plays hard from start to finish anyways, but, you know, to say he can play harder, I, I don't think. I mean, the guy, like I said, is, is 100, 100 miles an hour and, and plays with so much intensity. So I, I think he'll he'll uh, come out and do what he does. He is on his third school, uh, Texas Tech. He played last year at Oregon and then uh, before that played at Oklahoma. Uh, so he's – and he's got another year left um, after this one. So um, – that's 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 the good news um, out of this whole deal. But man, this whole transfer portal stuff is just a it's just a mess. It's it's almost like um, and I'm are you? I think you're more of a, you're a bit of an NBA guy, right? I enjoy the NBA. Yeah. So one of the things that I really just don't understand about the NBA is you have all these trades, and then you have teams that buy out players, and then they go to where they want to go, and I'm sure it's all contract related and cap related and you know ways to avoid the luxury tax or whatever but man it's just it's just so hard and confusing um to really identify a player with a team yeah anymore. no you're 100 percent right and and let me put prefaces as i enjoy basketball there's plenty of things about the nba i don't enjoy but yeah the the Something that that grinds my gears is is players that ask and want the big contract, right? Typically on a contract year, they are on their best behavior. They they play ball and they they sign a, a you know a, a three four five year contract for all the money, and then within six months they are asking for a trade. That I just you know, and as you said, I'm sure it's contract related for teams, but I also think that for a lot of the, the organizations and teams, I, I think that they almost feel like there's no other option, right? If you don't trade these these star players when they ask, then maybe a stars going forward will not want to come to your team. Well, but, it's just so crazy, like uh, Durant going to the Suns for like four I, first round draft choice. You just and and they're they're they're, they're so far out. They're like, oh, what to 2028, 20, and you're just like, okay, so if do we really think that Kevin Durant's going to win an NBA title with Phoenix? I don't think he will be with Phoenix for two years because that's the going trend is he constantly asks for trades. And that was, I, I you know, I, 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 I like to see the Mavs do well. They're, they're, they're you know, they're, they're, a, they're a home team for us here in Texas, but I was not for the Kyrie trade because, again, the same thing, uh, the fear of giving that guy any kind of contract beyond the rest of this year is is mind-blowing to yeah, me. Yeah, where, where have we seen any of it work? I mean, so what do we think is going to be different with the Mavericks? I mean, clearly it didn't work in Boston, didn't work in Cleveland, didn't work in Brooklyn. 
And so we're we're supposed to believe that it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, in Dallas, and we're supposed to feel like they they've got the the magic fairy dust that they can sprinkle over Kyrie and and uh, deal with him like a petulant child. Yeah, and and I'm right there with you. You know, for a guy that that is deemed a superstar, potentially the best ball handler the NBA scene, however, whatever people want to put the title on him, um, going to four different teams is is not. There, there's no consistency there, and and I, I truly think that I think the Mavs could have gone after somebody else to help Luca win, uh, you know, somebody that wants to be there. And I just don't, I don't feel that Kyrie, like you said, I don't think there is any, you know, magic dust in uh, on this this earth that would convince that guy to stay somewhere longer than a year. Yeah, he's more of a malcontent than anything else. Yeah. All right, one last thing from Coach uh, Mark Adams, whose team takes on Oklahoma tonight. Uh, Pop Isaacs came off the bench against West Virginia, and here's Coach Adams on having Pop come off the bench. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we played everybody on the bench, so uh, we're just playing uh, team basketball and playing by committee. Uh, we don't really have a go-to guy, so, but, you know, Jalen Tyson picked it up and played really well. Uh, we know that Kevin O'Banner can get 15 or 20 points. Pop can get that, so it certainly gives us more weapons on the offensive end, and, and then again, our, our bench has been superb, so we, we count on those guys to get in and, and uh, play their role, and, and they've been doing that. I thought Robert Jennings had a great game last game as well. I'd like to see uh, Kevin O'Banner get more involved in the offense tonight. I think that would be conducive to uh, to helping you uh, tonight against uh, Oklahoma. So, you know, but I have a hard time believing that Pop Isaacs is going to be coming off the bench uh, for the rest of the season. I mean, I, I would imagine he'll be back in the starting lineup pretty soon. Yeah, I think he'll be back in the starting lineup as well. But I, I, I like the energy that he, he – comes off the bench and and like I said I, I think that he will jump back into that starting five but it's almost like you, you well there's not almost you you have a starter when he comes off the bench I mean his ability to get his own shot and He's shoot, smart no question yeah, yeah. and it, it, it's almost you know it you see it a lot in basketball where the sometimes when the 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 bench comes in you know you see a drop off and with pop I mean he just was able to continue it so that was big for us 724 this morning on the morning drive. Texas Tech in Oklahoma tonight at 7. The tip at 8. We'll have uh, friendship uh, basketball as well. The boys play El Paso Americas today at 4. The girls play Keller tonight at 7.30. Those games on Sunny 97.7. And then Lubbock Cooper and Tescosa tonight at 8 on 100.7. The score. Matt's got a question for us. That's next here this morning on the morning drive for you, me, and Jeff here on Double T 97.3. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, Matt is in for Jamie. Jeff is here. Question for all of us. Uh, listening audience can participate as well. On the Yates Flooring Center chat line, go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app. It's presented by Happy State Bank. All right, what say you? All right, so over this last uh, weekend, we had the XFL that took place. They they started their season <laughs> again. You know, we've, we've seen it. But looking looking at the, the four games, you know, three of those were from Texas teams. And when you look at, you know, as we spoke earlier, so 
that the average attendance with the the Arlington Renegades, Houston Roughnecks, and the DC Defenders was about twelve to thirteen thousand. San Antonio had almost twenty five thousand fans in attendance. So my question is, do you think that this San Antonio could support an NFL team? I mean, Texas is clearly, you know, the the biggest state. I, I think that there is no doubt. In my opinion, I think they could. So you know, I wanted y'all's y'all's take on that. Could San Antonio support one? Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I mean, you've just spoken more about the uh, XFL uh, to me than um, anybody has over the last uh, 72 hours. <laughs> I couldn't care less about the XFL or the USFL. All right? I realize yeah. that's not your question, but Jeff was laughing because he was waiting for me to go on a little bit of a rant here because I just, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I, I'm irritated with the fact that it's even brought up, not here necessarily with you, but um, just in general, that, that people are even kind of paying any kind of attention for it. I guess that shows you how little there is to do in San Antonio. The 25,000 people would show up to go to an XFL game as opposed to going down to the river and having some Mexican food. Um I think if uh, the XFL were playing in my backyard, I'd tell them to leave. Same thing with the USFL. I just... Once the Super Bowl's over, I'm I'm on to baseball and I'm on to the NCAA tournament. Uh, actually, on to the NCAA tournament. Then once we get done with that, then I'm kind of into the baseball. Uh, but anyway... So do I think that San Antonio could support an NFL franchise? Because that is your question. That deserves the answer. Uh, yes, I do. The question becomes, does that interfere with the Cowboys or the Texans' ability to do business? I don't think it does. The question is, who comes in there, and then where are they going to play? Because I, I don't think they have a stadium that's suitable right now for them to play. They'd have to build a new stadium. Probably have to tear down the Alamo Dome. They do. they, they would have to build a new stadium, and... and your your response was, was about what I expected and and I, I'm with you I, I will say that uh, you know I when I was looking over stuff last night and I saw the attendance of you know it just it's sparked a question I know San Antonio is always brought up when they talk about expanding the NFL um but I'm with you I I, I don't there there are some interesting things but I think it's kind of a, a puppy love with some of the new things that the XFL is trying this year It'll wear off, but, you know, I, I said it last week that I think there is football fatigue, you know, when it comes to the NFL, when it's over, it's over kind of thing. People transition well, I to I mean, uh, you baseball, know. to NCAA football. I just, you know, when I use the word football fatigue, I specifically mean when the NFL season is over. I, there's a reason that the XFL has tried numerous times and it continuously doesn't pan out. Jeff? San Antonio absolutely supports an uh an NFL team. They're called the Dallas Cowboys. And as long as Jerry Jones is involved with the Dallas Cowboys, he is not letting another Texas team in the state. The only reason Houston got one with Jerry as powerful as he is is because they had one before. And he needs an in-state rival. He got one in Houston. Um, he's really? Are the, are the Texans a rival? I wouldn't deem a rival when they're on a different conference. and I mean, they're, they're not even on the same playing field. When typically. the Texans play the Cowboys... It's a big deal. 
it's maybe a, a bigger deal for the Texans than it is the Cowboys, but it is still a big deal because it is that it's right up I forty five. the the two t- The two cities hate each other. The fan bases hate each other in every aspect of that you can name. So it becomes a big game. It's not like Washington or New York or Philly. <coughs> it's probably on the same par, on the same level as like Green Bay or San Francisco when it comes to the Cowboys. Yes, we hate them. We don't hate them as much as the teams that we face twice a year every year, but they're on the list. Okay. Do the um, Cowboys hate the Texans? Cowboy fans hate the Texans more than the Ranger fans hate the Astros or no. the Maverick fans hate the Rockets. Uh, Mavericks fans hating the Rockets, I would lean that more toward San Antonio with regards to the Mavericks fans because the Rockets have been so bad for so long. Uh, It's hard to kick the the slow kid. I mean, that's where the Rockets have been for a while. But do do the Cowboys hate the Texans as much as the Rangers hate the Astros? No. Do the Texans hate the Cowboys as much as the Rangers hate the Astros? Yes. Do the Cowboys even know that the Texans exist? Oh, sure. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are you are aware of that game on the schedule. Uh, again, it's on the. I would put it at the same level as San Francisco and Green Bay of teams that you hate when they're on the schedule. You want to make sure you win that game, but it's not one that's Philly twice, Giants twice, uh, uh, Washington twice. That you're like, no, no. Those teams need to die. We don't like these other three, but those three need to die. That, that I I just never can you know that's I just never consider that a, a, a rivalry game myself. You know, like I, I don't. But yeah. Uh, this Nah, Jeff Cowboys look at Texans as little brother. Don't care enough. Uh, Red Raider two guns. Houston has a football team. Uh, this from Johanna. <laughs> Uh, some of us enjoy football. Some of us enjoy whatever football we can get until fall. We've gone to a USFL game in my city, Birmingham, and it's fun to watch. Not as fun as college, but it's a good way to go out on a summer night. Uh, this from Lindale Jeff. Just like a KU alum and Chiefs fan, my team won it all. Nobody else gets a chance. Hey, you're allowed to get better, Jeff. You're allowed to get better. Uh, this right on, Chuck. Who is Matt and why are we talking about the XFL? That from Howell. We weren't talking about the XFL in the question. We were talking in the question about could San Antonio yeah. support an NFL team. Right. Chuck decided to take the XFL sure. uh, bait and go on a two-minute rant. Sure. Well, it wasn't quite two minutes. Uh, this. Get off my lawn. Chuck, show me on the doll where the NFL touched you. Wow. XFL. Uh, Chuck, show me on the doll where the XFL touched you. Chuck. In a... Just a fun fact about the San Antonio XFL team. T.J. Vasher and Rico Jeffers is on the team. Well, how about that? So, yeah. Well, I hope they do well. As long as the league stays as long as, the, as long as it stays viable. <laughs> I just I just don't think spring football can work. I mean, I just just don't think it can work. I'm with you. I think I think college baseball and the gearing up of football and March Madness and just everything like that. I think that's. <laughs> The footprint is so massive that it's 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 really hard for anything in terms of the XFL yeah. to transition to something positive or longevity, I guess would be the, the word. Here's the beautiful thing about the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Back-to-back text just a few seconds apart from Syntex Hank. Jeff is the only one who nailed it. And this, McGuire is so wrong. Cowboys don't even know Texans exist. Okay. I love that. Back-to-back 
completely different answers. Uh, Chuck, if we win today, are we firmly on the bubble? Yes. Yes, I think so. But I think you got to win Saturday against TCU. I don't think you have to beat KU, but I think you have to beat Oklahoma State. I think you have to win three of your last four. Three three of our last four. Is that with a win coming in the Big 12 tournament after? Or do you think three yeah, no, of four I think you've and win? I think you probably have to win one in the Big 12 tournament. Yep. Um, but some of this is going to depend on what the bid stealers do and things like that. I mean, are there some upsets even in your own tournament? I mean, if Oklahoma were to come in and win the Big 12 tournament, for God's sake, I mean, you're probably not going to get in. Oh. But I, just don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily see that happening. But first things first, I mean, you can only worry about the one you've got tonight. Uh, this from Texas Texan. I think the XFL could be an incubator. They have some interesting things going on. An incubator. Okay. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Thank you for being with us today on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Matt is in for Jamie this morning. Jeff is here as well. At nine, it's the uh, end of the bench, bottom line at high noon today. All right. So what's your take on length of college football games compared to the NFL? Does it does it bother you? Is it something you think about? Is it something you'd like to change? What What's your take on that? It's something I, I typically don't think about. I just enjoy the game. Okay. Uh, do you view in your mind that the NFL game goes faster than the college game? No. I don't even feel that. I, I okay. Just, yeah. Never gave it a thought. All right. So there's uh, college football rule changes, basically. And what they're saying is... This is what they always say. Um, they're meant to reduce plays for both player safety and game length reasons. All right. Let's just call it like we see it here. This is all about getting the game over so they can go to the next game. This is not about player safety, but they patronize us by saying it's about player safety. It's kind of like when the Texas lottery came out, you know, 30-something years ago and go, this is for the children. This will help us pay for education. That's what they always say. This is for the children. This is for the elderly. This is for humanity. When there's always, there's always money reasons involved. At the end of the day, it's rule number one. Rule number one, despite what Jamie says, is follow the money. Okay? They know what word they're putting in there for you. Yeah. Safety. Yeah, they're, they're putting in that buzzword for you so that, oh, isn't that nice? College football is worried about player safety, but they're not. They're worried about getting the game over. This is just my opinion. So here's some of the college football rule change proposals. And I think this would be fine. I'd be, I'd be great with this. Outlawing consecutive timeouts. This would prevent one timeout from being called right after another, which basically happens when they try to ice the kicker. To me, a lot of times when you try to ice the kicker, basically goes oppo on you because it gives the kicker time to collect himself. Yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll especially see, especially a veteran. You see him call a timeout and he misses the first one. He knows the second. The second thing that they list here, and I don't necessarily see this as that. I don't know that I see this 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 much, but they say not extending the quarters. So this would make it so that a first or third quarter would not be extended for an untimed down. If the quarter ends on a defensive penalty, in that case, the quarter the, the down will be clocked in the next quarter. 
so far if it happened in the in the in the first quarter i mean it's technically still the first quarter so yeah. the other thing i would feel be- like that's the intentional walk where you can just wave off the three pitches in baseball now uh-huh. instead of like hey, we're just going to walk the guy and save the four pitches how often does that actually ha- how much right. are you actually saving right right i mean you're we're talking one time a yeah. team per year. Super small percentage Super small for that percentage. rule change. I, I completely agree. Uh, the next one would be the significant one. The next two. The clock would continue to run after a first down, except inside two minutes and a half. Uh, currently, they wait until they place the ball. So I, I feel like that that, uh, that, that would be. Uh, I think I, w- I would like that. That would be much like the NFL. Uh, and then the last thing is, and this is the controversial one, that the clock would continue to run after an incomplete pass once the ball has been spotted for play. Uh, they think the, um, the general consensus of this uh, Sports Illustrated article is that the third rule change uh, has a broad base of support given that the existence of that rule in the NFL at present. One reason the college football games run longer than the NFL games is because of the first down rule. In the NFL, the clock runs after first down while in college. The clock is stopped until the ball is placed. I, I would just tell you this. Um, I would just like to see the uh, NFL clock used for um, the college football clock. I would love a two-minute a two warning at the end of each half. Yeah. Like it essentially gives each team a, a, another timeout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and and it kind of gives you that end of half, end of game strategy that takes place that may be just slightly different than what you see currently in the college game, but you see it in the NFL game. It's much like um, end of quarter in the NBA or in women's college basketball, and virtually and in any form of basketball with the exception of the NCAA men, which played in half. Yeah, just played in halves. So. Right now, they're saying that uh, the college football games have increased in time over the last five years from three hours and 16 minutes in 2018 to 321 this past year. And and I would just say, I mean, obviously, the passing teams, there's more of this. I mean, it's a longer game. I mean, we've seen that here. Um, And like I said, I would just soon, I would love to see the NFL clock used in college. I think that would, to me, make tons of sense. So on that fourth proposed rule that you just discussed the, uh-huh. the clock will continue to run after an incomplete pass once the ball is spotted for play i think that would be something that would significantly change the game because there's <clears throat> so so many offenses are a spread in a super pass heavy college football that's, sure. that's what the game is so i think that would be the the, the other three I, I could be on board with i think that would be you talk about changing a strategy you know if the clock's going to run after every incomplete pass I think I would agree with you. Uh, let's see. Who who cares about consecutive timeouts? They typically use them all, so it's not like it's extending the game. You give me three time, timeouts and now set rules on how I use them. Why? You know, I, I, I hear your point. I hear your point. Um, but, like I said, I, I, would, I would rather have the uh, NFL rules uh, with regard to this. Uh, Paul asked this question. Um Jeff, you may be the best one to answer this question. Who among you guys would most likely own a terrarium? 
Did you ever own a terrarium? Nope. I've got a couple of mint plants, but that's the extent of what my garden looks like. Matt, terrarium? Not a garden. Is that an outdoor thing or an indoor thing? Could be both. Depends Is that on one of those things to... you use a, a aquarium like a, for that you don't have fish anymore for it? Basically, kind of, yeah. But it's got a, a top to it so that you get some greenhouse effect get some in there. Geckos and stuff like that. Maybe a lizard. I think it's typically just plants. No. <laughs> I'm not a gardener. Uh, I'd be the wrong guy to ask. So, I... yeah, I'm, we're we're not. Connie having... Hayes, she'd be the one that most likely. But you guys don't know who, like you do, do yeah. the audience doesn't know who Connie is. Uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. You're correct, Chuck. Money, for instance, eleven o'clock game. Vegas wants them over before two thirty games, where more bets come in. Okay. Okay. It's nice to be told that I'm correct every once in a while. Or that uh, I'll tell you, you're correct on that. Uh, on the, that, the the money is that that's always the the underlining issue when it comes to sports. And it, at the end, of it, it's it's an entertainment business. Uh, Tyler points out with that last rule, clocking the ball would do you no good. No, I I completely agree. Mm-hmm. I I, com- I completely agree. So, at any rate, uh, it. Uh, I would be good with the first three, okay? I would be good with the first three uh, for that. And again, going back to uh, going back to the uh, NFL clock. All right, the other thing that I've seen here recently, and we can get into this a little bit, is um, this person put out a new kind of Big Twelve and how they saw it, and uh, it's fascinating when you think about it. The question is, don't be surprised in the least if this is the final product of Brett Yormark's expansion endeavors. And I'll give you the list next in terms of teams that would be potentially in the Big 12. This is down the line because it would take some doing and undoing with other conferences. But uh, on my first glance, I don't think I like it. Uh, 824 this morning on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. You'll hear Texas Tech basketball tonight. The coverage at 7 from the Lloyd Noble Center. Tip at 8. And then, uh, of course, we'll have uh, girls basketball today with Lubbock Cooper taking on Tascosa. That's at 8. Also today, Friendship Boys basketball against El Paso Americas at 4 on Sunday 97.7. And then uh, the girls play Keller tonight at 7.30. But... Uh, Big on my list today is uh, Tech in Oklahoma from Norman. Uh, certainly a must-win game for the Red Raiders. It is 825 this morning on the Morning Drive. This has been the Morning Drive podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.